Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to a recording of Brian and Julie Hamilton, organisers of the Justice for the 21 campaign. So tell everybody what the Justice campaign is about, what it stands for, and let's get into then the nuts and the bolts of the worst night that Birmingham, our city, us brummies, has ever lived through. Nearly 40 years ago, um, two pubs in the city of Birmingham were bombed um, by um, unknown perpetrators that left 21 innocent people murdered and 182-plus people with life-changing injuries. One of the 21 who was murdered was our sister, Maxine. She was 18. She had a whole life ahead of her. She was killed with her friends, uh, Jane um, and Pamela, who... uh, they had arranged to meet. They, they they would meet there after work on a Thursday, and um, Maxine was only there to meet them to give handouts to a party yeah. which she was due to have the following night, which Brian will explain about. And uh, we were all invited. I was only eleven. I'm the youngest of six, and we were all going to go to the party. We were excited. My other sister. Uh, we were excited to go, and Maxine was going to give out these um, invitations that she'd made herself because yeah. she was very creative. She was very, very clever. She was a lovely, lovely girl. She was mm. funny. She had loads and loads of friends. She was clever. She was witty. She was as sharp as a knife. She was, Typical brummy. Yeah, but she was like mum, strong, mm. stubborn, and um, a really strong world. She was um, she was everything to us. So, yeah. You know, on the back of her loss, none of us are the people that we should have been because she was quite a powerful force in our family Uh, she was as Brian says the glue that held us all together Mm -hmm. Uh, and her loss has continued to hold us together uh, as it happens and um, we're fighting the government and the senior management of West Midlands Police to find the real perpetrators and bring them to justice as any democratic society and citizens would expect of any murder. This is still an open case it is is the biggest unsolved mass murder Mm -hmm. in England's history of the 20th century and nobody is doing anything to bring the perpetrators to justice why do you think that that's the case Brian? Uh, because it's a cover up, a major cover up Um, obviously um, led by the government of the day and continued forward by successive Mm -hmm. uh, governments and also um, involving West Midlands, West Midlands Police, whose uh, senior management are used as puppets. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're up against. Um, and as I say, we're like on Hamburger Hill. They're at the top and we're at the bottom mm-hmm. fighting our way. Uh, no one in authority wants to help us, so we have to help ourselves. Um, the contempt that the West Midlands Police senior man- senior management have for us is just unbelievable yeah um in in fact to the point 
where sometimes you feel you want to do something um, mm. a bit untoward. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we're not that kind of people. We obviously want to stay on the right side of the law and, and do things the right way. Which is the right way to do it. Of course. Yeah. Well, we uh, do that because um, if we were to do it any other way, mm-hmm. we would actually be misrepresenting those who aren't here to exactly. fight for justice themselves. Yeah. So everything we do, we do with dignity and respect mm-hmm. on behalf of those who aren't here to represent themselves. And we like stamping on Maxine's grave yeah. and everybody else's, and that's something that we don't want to do. You know, we want to do it um, to show the authorities that we're not just anybody, mm-hmm. we're not bovine, and we are fighting for those without a voice. Yeah. We have the voice, we are here, we are living with the grief and the pain every day, something that they clearly have no idea of. And uh, the um, the way we've been treated has been uh, reprehensible, mm-hmm. uh, not only by senior management of West Midlands Police, but also by the government. I've written twice to the Prime Minister uh, had no response at all. I've yeah. written to Ed Miliband, um, and his office responded. He didn't respond. Um, I've written to the Shadow Home Secretary Yvette Cooper four times. No response. Yeah. Uh, but then I'm not sure if people realise this, but Sinn Fein go to their party conferences. Oh God! Oh yeah. So uh, that maybe they're protecting their own backs. You know. Um, we often wonder what they're scared of. What is it that these politicians and the West senior management of Westminster Police, what, what are they scared of? Truth. Absolutely, the truth. I think yes. that's what... And they're covering their own backs. Yes, yeah. I think that's what all governments are scared of. I think that what we want as people is the truth. But there's official secrets acts. There's things that get buried... You've only got to look at the Astles with with the, the case that that Claire has took to the to the Football Association. You know, it's so easy to open doors to talk to people and to say, "Guys, how can I help you? You know, how can we work with you? How can we carry this forward? How can we give you justice so you can you can get some type of closure?" Because I'm guessing. That's a little bit of, of what you're looking for, surely, isn't it? You know, that would be a bit of comfort to know that you've finally got justice. Absolutely. Am, am I right in that? Absolutely. But that we have an issue with, um, no disrespect to you, but we have an issue with this word closure. Yes. Uh, because there will never be closure. No, I don't like the word I hate it, um, but, but it's it, often it, used. It, it is it? often used, but um, that there will never be closure for us. Yeah. Because Maxine's not here, 20 other yeah. family, well, 19 other families' uh, lives have been destroyed as well. You have to remember, one mother lost two sons that night. Mm-hmm. She, her whole family were wiped out. They were Irish and they were Catholic. Yeah. Um, and, and the poor lady um, lost her whole family that night. Mm-hmm. Um, all 20 families, including us, uh, live with the grief and the pain every single day and the government as we feel uh, wish that they could have buried us Mm -hmm. next to our dead because um, they do not in any shape or form want to uh, represent or help us 
find the truth and to look for the perpetrators of this mass murder. So you've tried your best now for 40 years. You've hit a wall. You've gone to, if you have seen a door, that door has been completely closed, it's been concreted, it's been cement. You absolutely cannot get in. How can the public help you? Because you have got a Twitter campaign, Justice for the 21. For, not yeah. FOR, but it's for the 21. Yeah. You've got a website. Let's have a shout out. The How can the public, and in particular, what, what I'm looking at is the public of Birmingham, because it's our city and inclusive of the Irish community. Absolutely. Because as you said, there are Irish people that were, there was a miscarriage of justice where the Birmingham Six were incarcerated for a crime that they did not do. So it's not just, it's not an anti-Irish, it's not an anti-any, it's an inclusive of everybody. All we want and all you guys want is the truth of what happened that horrible night 40 years ago this November. I remember it quite clearly. It was a few days before my ninth birthday. Was it a Thursday evening? It was. My dad, there's a lad, James Craig, who died. Yes. He, he was 32. My dad went out for a drink every Friday with him. One week they'd go for a drink and then the other uptown. Sadly, the Friday before was the last Friday that he ever drunk with him. That could have been my dad in the pub that night. Yeah. My life could have changed. I could be sitting there in your chair. You could be interviewed. That's that's as it is. It affects people directly or indirectly. It's something that Birmingham and the city of Birmingham should be coming together and helping you guys to get that justice. Now, the Birmingham Mail have been fantastic in their support. Yes. Please, let's give them a big shout-up. And how they've been so good. Uh, the Birmingham Mail are absolutely incredible. They are um, a fantastic institution as far as we're concerned. Yeah. Uh, we feel as though we've won the pools with them. Um, they are just incredible. Yeah. The, the, you know, the, the, there's, we can't praise their support enough. We just cannot, particularly... Um, Andy Richards, who's an assistant editor there, and uh, and of course the editor David Brooks, and and their journalists and mm-hmm. their, their photographers, they've all treated us with the utmost respect. You know, an awful lot of the journalists who obviously we do not condone what they did to do with the Leveson inquiry, mm-hmm. uh, but the, all the journalists we've met uh, have treated us with nothing but respect, have they, Brian? Yes. And um, it, it's um, and that they're all very, very supportive. You know that, that they are just as perplexed yeah. as we are with the um, apparent uh, conspiracy and, and cover up of uh, you know mm. that, that there's um, uh, the, the papers from the um, Birmingham pub bombings. Uh, according to Paddy Hill, who is also yes. uh, one of our biggest supporters, he was one of the men who became known as the Birmingham Six who fought for their release for 16 years, he told us, um, and also his uh, barrister told us, uh, Gareth Pierce, and she's a lady, she really is a lady, um, told us that the files, after they won their appeal, mm-hmm. were put under a 75-year embargo. Oh, OK, that's uh, uh, which is Which is now called um, a public interest immunity certificate. 
Okay. Uh, now, like Paddy has pointed out, why would you lock something away for 75 years? What you've got to remember is what we did in the Second World War, because we you know we did some real devious, deceitful oh, stuff. Oh, uh, Absolutely, we? yes, uh, which was understandable at that time. Mm-hmm. But all that was only put away for 50 years. Oh, God, oh, yeah. So what is it to do with the Birmingham bug bombings that needs to be hidden away, waiting for all of us to die before it would ever be released? But we believed mm. it would never be released because we believe that it would literally crack open a can of worms that the governments would never, ever be able to see the light of day again. And, and it would bring about an anarchy because yeah. we can only come to a conclusion yes. that if they are continually trying to cover up and hide behind the, the Official Secrets Act, hiding evidence for 75 years, that the government must be involved in some way. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very, a very... It's a conclusion that I think a lot of people would come to. Certainly in cahoots with certainly covering something up. There, there was also, I mean, it was the tavern in the town and, and the Marlborough Bush in, yes. in Birmingham that sadly got bombed. There was a third bomb yes. that that didn't didn't go off. Um, the police recovered that bomb, is my understanding. Um, I don't know if you can clarify this, Brian. And they they lost the bomb. Am I correct in my, my assumption there? Because it, it sounds very... Keystone Cup, rather than West well, Midlands. Amazingly, yeah. unfortunately, that is a correct statement which amazingly. they made. Uh, we, we was um, we had to go to a meeting of um, various detectives and officers at Lloyd House uh, last year, uh, one of many, uh, and I brought up the case of the third bomb, mm-hmm. which I have to say, when I mentioned it, uh, the police wasn't ready for it. And it became a very painful, embarrassing situation where one policeman was turning around to the other, asking where the bomb was, till in the end, uh, after about the fourth officer, um, someone had to say something relative and says, yes, the um, in so many words, they knew where the bomb was uh, and it would be in transit or words to the effect of whatever that meant. Hey, what, it's uh, going round somewhere? Uh, well, we it would, it, obviously it would be brought back into the picture somehow, because obviously okay. it's major evidence. But of course, when this was thrown into the air and thought about, I think the best thing, as, as far as I'm concerned, is the best thing that could happen to the bomb is for it to be lost, or as I say, stroke, hidden. Uh, because it, it's highly relevant, uh, one of the most important pieces of e- evidence. Plus, they lost what they admitted, another 35 items. I mean, that could be 135 oh, items. Right. Um, as far as I know, I've never been a policeman, but I know many policemen. Yeah. Um, and when you uh, have evidence, evidence has to be signed in to um, Mm. a compartment at the police station and wherever it's moved to and from it has to be signed out and signed back in so God knows how this happened Um, and more unfortunate for us unfortunate news was uh, we was told by the Chief Constable and the head of the um, counter-terrorism unit uh, Marcus Beale the Assistant Chief Constable that all the uh, all these uh, relative items and materials and evidence w- was going to be sent to the world famous Nether- Netherlands forensic 
um, science laboratories where they would be DNA DNA profiled, etc. Um, God knows why this is, because if you go onto the West Midlands Police blog about their forensics um, laboratories, you are blinded by the lights hitting your eyes. Uh, so why they had to uh, pay, and I think a figure was plucked of 1.3 million Jesus. for them to be uh, transported there and analysed. Uh, at a meeting on April the 7th this year, the Chief Constable admitted that nothing was taken anyway, that the um, professors stroke um, forensic, experts. forensic experts just read an old file oh, from right. the beginning of the 90s and just accepted uh, what was written uh, as read. Um, so that was a, a major shock to us. Uh, but getting getting back to the nitty gritty, uh, I, I, we're, I know we're always ranting on about Westmoreland's police upper management, mm-hmm. but um, we don't we we don't have any argument at all with frontline officers oh, no. who, who are paid to do a job mm-hmm. and do a pretty good job uh, under the circumstances that they have and the amount of officers that there is to do the job that they. No, that that the frontline officers are absolutely fantastic. Actually, oh, exactly, that they yeah. are. I mean, the, many of them that we meet, particularly because they have, they have, we have, we were assigned liaison officers. Mm-hmm. You know, thirty-eight years too late, but nevertheless, we were assigned liaison officers um, that we can turn to if necessary. But um, and, and they've been very good. You know, that they're very nice people. I have to say, uh, but the that those um, they also have task force now. So when yeah. you want to protest, you have to uh, or demonstrate, you have to apply. Because we always follow the rules, you know. If we, yeah, want, sure. if we want to collect signatures in the city, we apply to Birmingham City Council for permission. Yeah. You know, we don't do anything, you know, ad hoc because we want to follow the rules and mm-hmm. regulations and do it peacefully as well. Uh, but the task force guys that we deal with at West Midlands Police are, are absolutely fantastic. You know, they yeah. come and chat to us and, and, and they're lovely. They really are. And we haven't got an issue with them at all. In fact, we, that they actually have our sympathy because mm-hmm. of, um, those in the hierarchy are at best questionable in in the way that they um, inverted commas uh, manage yeah. their staff uh, because they can't manage themselves and they certainly are not equipped to do the job mm. that they're employed and paid to do and we pay their salaries and um, we question where our money is actually being spent and who employed these people. Uh, when we were at the Northern Ireland um, Affairs Select Committee in Westminster a month ago, um, I actually said that at the uh, to, to the Select Committee, which uh, had a range of every single politician from every single um, uh, political group yeah, yeah. Uh, there, particularly from Northern Ireland as mm-hmm. well. And I said, you know, the Chief Constable, how this man got his job, I will never know because it's a complete and utter waste of space. We have no confidence in this mm-hmm. uh, man whatsoever. And uh, another uh, pause for thought was the fact that um, uh, we Brian discovered that uh, during the past two years that they've been reassessing the evidence from the Birmingham pub bombings. Yeah which was actually, we've come to the conclusion, which just gave them an excuse mm-hmm. to put everything onto um, uh, uh, the computer, yeah. um, onto a memory stick, as opposed from paper, um, that uh, Marcus Beale, the Assistant Chief Constable of the Counter-Terrorism Unit, uh, who was overseeing all of this, mm-hmm. was actually, and still is, under investigation 
uh, with the IPCC for withholding evidence from another massive murder case. All right. Yeah, pretty consistent then. Oh, absolutely, yes. <laughs> yes. And also Hillsborough are coming this way this year, whether the IPC are going to be questioning them, where they got um, allegedly witnesses from Hillsborough to change their witness statements. There's a lot of that gone on at Hillsborough, aren't they? There's yeah, pages that go missing. To, yeah, and, um, and at the meeting in April with the Chief Constable and the Assistant Chief Constable of West Midlands Police... Um, it was uh, highlighted to them that um, we have no trust in them whatsoever. While we were there, um, I questioned the Chief Constable who had said that that, that they'd sent all this stuff to uh, the Netherlands to be uh, forensically tested and they said uh, that um, it it was past its, for want of a better expression, sell-by date. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, well... um, if that's the case, then um, what was sent? And, and he was so arrogant in his answer, yeah, yeah. and he shrugged his shoulders, and he went and he looked at his men, and he went, "Have I not just answered that question?" Well, actually, no. That's what I'm asking. And I looked at him, and I said, "No, you haven't." <laughs> so I picked up a glass, and I said, "You see this glass? If this glass was part of the third bomb, that by the way was still intact." Yeah. And and because he was he was on about. Um, uh, um, having, uh, be, being able to, I can't think of the word. Um, being able to uh, detail the the uh, resonance yes. of 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 examining it, of examining it, yeah. 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 And uh, and I said, you've touched it, I've touched it, we've all touched it. It's contaminated. Yeah, it's yes, but there that we you can identify those fingerprints because you have them. Yeah. But then other fingerprints are found on there. Yeah. Was that glass sent to the Netherlands? And he went, no. I said, so nothing was sent? No. He said, no. I said, so you've lied to us. For the past two years, we've been lied to. We were promised that all of your tangible evidence was going to be sent to uh, the Netherlands to be forensically, forensically tested. He said, no, nothing was sent. The only things that were sent were some letters, apparently, that they're trying to see if there was any fingerprints on there. Yeah. And see if they're in the system. So you see, they, they've got that they had 168 pieces of tangible evidence yep. from the 1975 original trial. Mm-hmm. 35 of those pieces have been lost. Yeah. Now we have that in writing. Mm-hmm. They've been lost. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one of those 35 items is the third bomb. Yes. Now the third bomb was found intact. It didn't explode. Mm-hmm. But what happened was a bomb squad come and. Um, exploded it under a controlled explosion a controlled explosion okay. so it was like taking off it's like a boiled egg yeah sure you take the top off so everything else was intact yes now we're not talking about a piece of paper here that's been lost no. we're talking about a, bo- a, a box mm-hmm. it would have been like a box with a, a um a clock inside that would have been ticking away waiting for it to to to, to, to explode yeah. uh, and it would have been full of fingerprints because at that time any anyone who made a bomb at that time would never have thought about wearing gloves, yeah, yeah. because they would have thought it was going to be exploded. And also, I would imagine the techniques of making the bombs. There was only a certain amount. Of that's right. Yes, that that's right. Well. Yes, and, and, that's, and, and, and that's mm. right. And they all had their telltale signs. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Mm. And that's been lost. Mm. Now, this just adds to the conspiracy. Yeah, of course, it does. H- how can you lose something as big 
as a bomb. Finding amazing that you're going to lose a bomb. And also, because they've lost the bomb, is there an inquiry into how they lost the bomb? Oh, no, 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 no. There must be people that have, like, signed a piece of paper somewhere to sign evidence out. Exactly, yes. There must be someone's signature on... But I guess the way that, that they work, they've probably lost a piece of paper that hold the signature, that, are, that, 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 um, that, that hold the evidence of the bomb. So all in all, it just looks like, well, at best, it makes them look like idiots and incompetent. Yep. And kind of worst, it makes it look really, really suspicious. more shady and yes. suspicious. Well, as I've, as I've always said from day one, mm. our story... Uh, if you can call it a story, is uh, like a child's uh, jigsaw puzzle yes. of nine pieces. There was two pieces missing. Now there's one, but the story takes a very s- a sinister um, edge to it because, as you know, in the 70s, um, the British Secret Services was trying to infiltrate the IRA, which they did, mm-hmm. um, and also take them apart um we've learned obviously we can't say too much yeah that um a situation arose on that night um which has never happened before to do with certain situations um and there were some very dark forces at work in birmingham on on that evening oh right which um will come out in the future but uh we need to join the dots, as I say. Um, but as getting back to West Midlands Police with the senior, senior management, they've tried endlessly to label us. Mm. Uh, they tried to arrest me outside Lloyd House because uh, I do um, a, a monthly like silent protest. Yeah. Which is your right? Uh, yes, yes. Absolutely your and right. So why do they try to arrest you for, do, for doing something oh, that was your well, right? Th- this, this is unbelievable, this story. is. Um, so there I am by myself standing outside with all my street furniture and banners and placards. And this police car turns up like um, out the Sweeney, <laughs> out the 70s. Two officers come up. One was a young fella berating to me the law um, about, um, I said to him, Where's the fire? Where's the dead bodies? Where's the knives, etc.? He says, we've had a call to, call to Central saying that there's um, an unauthorised demonstration. I says, unauthorised? I says, where does that come from? I says, as a policeman, you should know a civilian's rights. Mm-hmm. I says, not only do I, I have the rights under British law to hold a silent protest anywhere at any time, mm. as long as I'm not impeding anyone or the public highway. I says it's backed up by the European human rights as well. So that kind of silenced him straight away. But he still kept on intimidating me. Um, and when I asked him, he, he, he had the, um, I'll put it politely, um, I was, I, was, I, was, I was quite I was quite upset that he asked me what I was protesting about, oh, and okay. uh, which led me to understand that not only have the West Midlands Police and the mm-hmm. government done a good job on the day of burying what happened in Birmingham, uh, that they don't even teach at the police college the history of the city of a serving officer now, which is quite upsetting. Um, and probably the copper now, yeah. <laughs> and. Um, 
I, I politely told him to go away. Yeah. I, I wasn't offensive to him. Mm-hmm. I was just sticking up for my rights. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the older officer with him, the more mature officer, wouldn't say too much because obviously mm-hmm. he knew I was right. Yeah. I wasn't doing anything wrong. But after they left, I, I was sort of left bemused. I, I wouldn't make a complaint against the police. I mean, they, they've got a job to do, but mm-hmm. I, I, I thought I'd take this one up. And uh, I, I made um, a complaint of sorts, only to be shocked and astounded to find out. Who do you think called the police out to me? Um, the police. The police. <laughs> it's a shock, isn't it? The police inside Lloyd House yeah. called their own officers yeah. <laughs> to question why I was there. Oh, dear God. Yeah. And, but it wasn't the first time he'd done it. Uh, great, isn't it? <laughs> oh. I mean, you couldn't make it up, could you? We, uh, you actually couldn't, could you? No. There's going to be a concert yes. this year. On the 20th of November, Thursday the 20th of November in, in the Town Hall. I going to say, that's the wonderful Birmingham Town Hall. Tell us a little bit about that and how can we obtain tickets? Uh, you can obtain tickets online. However, I would suggest you don't buy them online. And three let, quid on top. Uh, yes, three yeah. quid on top. And that's out of our control. So yes, my apologies to everybody for that. Yeah. We, uh, we have been... Uh, twittering to tell people about that so so, so if you can try and go in person uh to go and buy them it's i I think it's 25 pence to buy it over the counter Mm -hmm. um they're 12 pounds all proceeds of is being split between two charities acorns hospice and the birmingham children's hospital yeah great the reason why we did acorns hospice is very poorly children to try and help them and Birmingham Children's Hospital was chosen because um, at the time when it happened in 1974, the Birmingham Children's Hospital was known as the General. That's right, yeah. yeah. And a lot mm-hmm. of the injured That's were right. taken well, there, yeah. and a lot of the uh, and dead, our sister. dead bodies, mm-hmm. including our sister Maxine, were taken there to the morgue. Yeah. And um, that was why we wanted them to uh, be given the opportunity to receive some money, you know. Without sounding corny, children are our future. They are. And we need to invest in them and we want to give something back. We've always said from day one with our campaign, we don't want money Mm -hmm. and we don't want an apology. The only thing we want is justice to be served and seen to be served. Mm -hmm. And this is our way of trying to show uh, people that uh, we mean what we say and, and we say what we mean. And, um, you know, people offer to uh, donate money in that. You know, we get some very nice emails from people and we say, you know, we don't want your money. Uh, If if you really want to help, then... But we thought, we've discussed this, haven't we, Brian? You know, they want to put towards banners because we we fund ourselves. We we have had funding. Uh, Mike, uh, one of our big supporters who came up with um, the slogan Justice for the 21 because how it all began was I set up an, uh, an e-petition online uh, called 21 Reasons to Reopen the Bone and Pub Bombings 21, yes. meaning for the 21 yeah. dead. And uh, uh, Mike and many of his his friends and colleagues came on board and, and they've been fantastic in helping us um, get to where we are. 
uh, you know, without them, I don't know where we would have been, mm -hmm. that they truly have been fantastic. And now we've got the Birmingham Mail and we have uh, so many supporters. You know, we, we had one uh, chap who flew in from Mexico. He's wow. a Brummie and he was a, he is a Birmingham City supporter. And rather than go to the game, he came and helped us collect signatures. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that, that sort of, Generosity of spirits mm -hmm. um, has helped boost our belief in humanity because we've been ignored for so many years by the people, by the ver by the very people in authority who have the power to do something and yeah. choose to do nothing. Mm. The power of the people have come forward to assist us in our plight for truth and justice, and it's incredible. It really is. It's always my experience that the establishment won't. But the public will. Yes. Now, what bands have you got on there that evening? Do, do um, you know yet? Well, we do know some, but we're um, we're waiting to hear on some uh, one or two potential big names. Okay. Uh, but everybody who is involved is doing it for free. Yep. We have uh, Jim, who owns uh, Big Bear Records. Who Jim who, Simpson. Yes. Yeah, legend. He's, he's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and he's giving of his time and organising the concert on our behalf. Um, we have Quill, uh, Joyce Strachan from Quill. They're coming, and what a lovely lady, what a lovely group, and lovely lady mm -hmm. she is. Yeah, years, eh? yeah it's lovely. And um, we have uh, Zero Navigator, RJ Ellery. He's an author, but he okay. also has his own um, band. There's also. Steve uh, Gibbons is coming. He's coming, and I am sorry because I've got such a terrible no, memory. Absolutely, and yeah. um, God, who else? But it'd be great if yeah, like more and more. So it's still open for Birmingham musicians to oh, jump on. Yes. Yeah. You know, like it'd be nice if you be forty or Ocean Colour soon or yeah. some yeah. of the biggies, Jeff Lee. Yeah. 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 You know, are out there that uh, well, want well, to come well, on well, there. Strangely enough, Phil Hatton, who co-wrote with Dave Scott Morgan our song Twenty for Twenty One Today, oh, Twenty One yeah. Yesterdays, Twenty One Tomorrows. Um, Phil Hatton used to work with ELO and Jeff Lynn, but um, I, I don't think Jeff is, is available. Uh, some people don't really want to get involved for some reason or another. That they, for some reason, that, that they uh, are misguided in the belief that it's political, but we are not political. No, no. We are not political. All we want is justice. No, all we want is what any family yeah. of a murdered victim would yes. want is justice. Yeah. Um, we don't make it political. We are actually apolitical. We have no political affiliations with any political party. We will talk to any political party. Yeah. Same, eh? Um, strangely enough, that the, the only uh, political uh, uh, politician who has actually written a letter on our behalf to the Prime oh, two, sorry, is uh, the First Minister of Northern Ireland, okay. um, Peter Robinson. And... Um, Bill Etheridge, who is now an MEP for UKIP, oh, okay. um, uh, and who has been very supportive. But we will talk to any political party. So out of all the politicians that you've got sitting down there in Westminster, well, they ain't, they're on holiday at the minute, aren't they? Yes. I mean, it's kicking off all around the world, isn't it? And yes. they're sunning themselves on the beach. Yes. There's only two that's had the decency to actually ride yes. or connect yes. with you in any way, yes. shape or yes. form. However, I, I must mm. say, when we were at the Northern Island Affairs Select Committee, uh, Alistair MacDonald, 
uh, of uh, the SDLP in Northern Ireland. Yeah. He took us to tea, which we thought was so yeah. generous of him. He was he, well, that's he, the Irish for you. Absolutely, they're so hospitable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it, actually, some of our biggest supporters are from the Irish community, exactly, and yeah. from Northern Ireland, and and, and, and why and, wouldn't and they Ireland. be? Absolutely, that, well, that's what it well, is. Well, as, everybody got as, that. Um, I think it was Mike, wasn't it, who came up with a placard? One of our placards yeah. says, "The bombs didn't discriminate, and neither do we." No. You know, we and we've always said we have no qualms and no uh, we have got no fight or argument with any nationality mm. in particular the irish yeah. because they have suffered mm. just as much as we oh have uh, and and their pain is our pain mm. and um we want them on board um i i, I heard through the uh, i can't remember who told me but uh, a lady uh, from uh, the Irish community in Birmingham. I think that, that there's an organisation called Irish. Okay. And uh, they're trying to organise um, uh, inviting someone major from uh, Ireland to mm-hmm. come across on the day to attend um, a mass in St Philip's Cathedral in the afternoon, fantastic. which would be absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and you know we, we'd love that, and we want we want all cultures and backgrounds to come on board. Uh, we want uh, the Muslim uh, uh, Muslims Sikhs. Well, we've had twenty thousand down the Canal Park with Eve Miller, haven't we? Absolutely, yeah, Let's absolutely, yes, yeah. Uh, you know, Catholics, brother, brothers, Protestants, yeah. you know. Uh, but it's, it's, the it's the city of that Birmingham, counts, absolutely, and we need to come together and and show the strength yeah. and how we are refusing to allow this atrocity to plague our future. Mm-hmm. You know, our motto for Birmingham is forward. forward, so we are moving forward in a positive way. But we can only move forward in a positive way if justice is seen to be done exactly. because if justice isn't seen to be done then what hope do our children of the future mm-hmm. uh, have of seeing justice being done yeah. if god forbid this was ever to happen again mm-hmm. if this was happened uh, ever to happen again and they know of our past and that we are still fighting for justice and we are still fighting with senior management of West Midlands Police to go looking and investigating yeah. for uh, the, the real perpetrators of this mass murder and they won't do that, then what hope does do, do the future generations of Birmingham have? Um, and what's more frightening is that the um, deputy, um, the assistant chief constable, Marcus Beale, head of the CTU, uh, if ever there is, God forbid, uh, another bomb bombing atrocity in Birmingham, is to think, and the children who read our blog sites and everything, who, I must say, uh, are the younger generation are our greatest supporters. They yeah. cannot believe in history mm. that they do not know what happened in this city. No, and and if if, as I say, and God forbid that it ever did, uh, with the trouble in the world, if another bomber terrorists decided to set a bomb off in Birmingham again mm. we have a man in charge of the CTU as in ACC Marcus Beale mm. who not only uh, doesn't want to take up the gauntlet to track down mm-hmm. and arrest the name bombers because they have their names yeah. um, and they're pr- and, pr- and actually you could say they're protecting them mm-hmm. I mean what does that say about the city of Birmingham mm. I mean, it could it could send out completely the wrong messages to, to terrorists that they can come here, do as they want, disappear, and they're not going to be tracked. And never fear, you know, that, that, that they can come to Birmingham, 
kill as many people as they like without any fear of retribution. So it appears because, to but be. That, but that is exactly yeah, sure. how it appears to be. I mean, going back to the meeting with the chief constable, it was that the, the word was provenance, that, that you it's need to have word. the provenance yeah. of where that evidence has originated from. And what he was trying to say, the chief constable, is with, with the passage of time, exactly what he said, with the passage of time, the provenance of the evidence has been somewhat destroyed, so they can't track any any forensic evidence. There's which, a... of course, which of course, is a load of rubbish. And I told yeah. him this. I said I've read an awful lot about some um, forensic evidence. He said, "Oh well, I, I'm an expert in it." He said, "No, I'm telling you." I said, "No, no, no." I said um, that, that there was a piece which there was in in the Telegraph. My other half uh, saved it for me actually about Giordando, the Giordando case. Yeah. And um, apparently, that this uh, forensic expert said that um, DNA evidence can never, ever be destroyed. That's my, that's my uh, understanding it, of DNA. Even after yeah. thousands yeah. of years. Look what, they do, look what they're doing with Richard III's bones at well, the moment. Of course they're doing it. Look at the dinosaur up the top. big it was yeah. DNA. Yeah. Well, 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 apparently they're, they're looking at, he was a drunk. Alleged, you know, that, that, that he drunk a lot. Well, I mean, well, they couldn't drink water then, could they? Because it wasn't purified. They drunk me, yes, yes. yes. Um, so, so, so I mean, so what the chief constable was saying, you see, that they, they think they're dealing with idiots. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I, I pull him straight. And I said, and also, if that's the case, if you're saying that the evidence that you currently have, the provenance of it mm. uh, through the passage of time is no good, then what's the point in the Met Police investigating you, Trey, uh, uh, about um, the, the, the alleged paedophiles? Yeah. I said, which many of them have been arrested on circumstantial evidence. Yeah. So what are you doing? That's different, though, that is. It's different because they want scapegoats, you see. Of course they do, when, yes. When, when, yeah. when, it, when it suits, they can Absolutely, find people. Yes. Yeah. And they can have them up. They can put the, because the media are in, in cahoots a lot of times with them as well. So, I mean, Sir Cliff Richards had it at the moment. You know, it's all gone through the papers and that. They've not interviewed him. There's not only there's a shred of evidence. Yes. But because it suits something or suits a political agenda, yes. then well, they're well, more well, than happy yes, to well, do that. Well, you see, the thing is, is that it takes mm. the it takes the uh, the spotlight off them, of, of the politicians, yeah. uh, which we have very little time for. Well, but, but going back to the Northern Ireland Affairs Select Committee, when we were there, Lady Herman, who's an independent in mm-hmm. Northern Ireland. Now, she does put the lady into lady. Oh, She's okay. an absolute lovely, yeah. generous, kind lady, and she she's written me a very nice letter. Um, and I have to say, Andrew Mitchell as well, you know, Pebble yeah. Gate chap, um, yeah. he, he was a nice night gentleman. He, uh, we met with him last year, and he did exactly what he said he was going to do. I mean, he put his hands up and he said, I can't offer you support, mm-hmm. but I will do this, this and this and this for you if you want. Fair play. Uh, and he was very good. But we, we feel, sorry, we feel that people in the now, as in the MPs mm-hmm. in the government of today, they feel like they'd, they want to help. Oh, God, oh, but, yeah. But they, they can't. can't. Yeah. Because, you know, to the point of putting their job and future yeah. and Yeah, and, they're warned and, off. It, it, it's obvious. And pension like, on the line. It's like Brian says, yeah. you know, um, our own MP... Uh, Khalid Mahmood, he's been to my house a number of times and he said he'd do this and this and we're still waiting and it's two years on. Mm. Um, you know, and it's very disappointing to think that these people are there or meant to be there to act on our behalf. This is the biggest mass murder yeah. of uh, Birmingham's or England's history of the 20th century and nobody 
is doing anything to look for the murderers. Yeah. What does I that say about our society? What does that say about Society, our politicians? I think, it's bent. I think it's corrupt. I think it's all you know that they're, they're treating victims and survivors oh, as um, the baddies. Mm. You know, we are in the wrong mm. because we want justice. And also, you're a troublemaker. Yes, I bet yes. you a pound to a penny. Yes, you're perceived as troublemakers. Yes. The, 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 the crux of it is the fact that the argument always comes back to this mm-hmm. um, public interest immunity certificate, yeah. this 75-year yeah. uh, rule, which is secret paperwork uh, to do with the night, uh, which really is just move forward into yeah. um, the future. So the likes of us will be dead. So our sons well, that's what or the grandsons. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, where my sons are concerned, mm-hmm. I, I have like chisel this into their mind if i die tomorrow they will continue the fight mm. so that 75 year rule which expires in 2068 yeah. as julie says earlier could be uh, reassessed and move forward another 50 years but the key the key the key to our fight if if there's not any corruption or conspiracy going on why don't the people in power open the key to that box and read what's inside it it's as simple as that. Very easy to do, isn't it?